It's May 21st, 2021. Yeah, it's a it's a Friday. It is a Friday indeed. How are you? Good. It's a little gloomy outside. It's terrible. It, it, it's gross and humid. it rained yesterday. It's, it's rained rain already today. Yeah. Well, you ready to chill? Yeah, let's get some chattering and chilling. Well, we have Demi Lovato. She's in the news again. Yeah, but this time it's not necessarily for a there's no bad thing. Well, there's no Froyo involved. Yeah, there's That's no Froyo sure. involved this time around. Turns out, back in the 90s, that Diana interview, Martin Bashir lied to get it. Oh, cool. Ariana Grande got married. Uh, okay. Didn't realize that was a thing. There's some sports stuff going on. You're going to cover that. Yep. And we got some awesome music stuff to discuss also. And we got, our, of course, Feel Good Friday story to end it off. Because it's Feel Good Friday every Friday. Exactly. Let's chatter and chill. Let's do it. So, on May 19th, Wednesday, Demi Lovato made the following statement, and I quote, Today is a day I'm so happy to share more of my life with you all. I am proud to let you know that I identify as non-binary and will officially be changing my pronouns to they, them, moving forward, unquote. Prior to this, Demi Lovato identified as female mm-hmm. up until this point. Cisgendered female who used she, her pronouns. And there have been an array of reactions from an overwhelmingly positive to mixed. To not taking them seriously. First of all, let's discuss the non-binary aspect before we get into the celebrity aspect. Yes. Everything. Let's, let's, let's break this down here. So, as as someone who identifies as non-binary themselves, when someone says that they're non-binary, they feel like they don't necessarily fit what society deems as male, nor do they fit in what society deems as female. They're like in the middle, basically. There is a firm distinction between male and female, which we discuss as biological, and man and woman, which is gender. And I do not care if you come at me and say, whoa, wah, wah, wah. gender no. is a social construct. Come at me, bro. It is a social construct. It was designed to make women, as the word they use for gender, it was designed to make women second-class citizens to men. It was designed to Straight, make yeah. men the superior gender. Well, yes, that's why gender is a social construct. It has nothing to do with your chromosomal makeup. No. It has to do Everyone with, tries to make it as It has to do with where they where they put your, your chromosomal status. makeup here. But, but the whole gender construct is to dictate where in society what your role is in society. Yeah, what your exactly. placement in society is. Uh, you know, that, and like I said the chromosomal makeup like that's always the argument when someone comes out as trans. We could pick this apart for days. We honestly could, yeah. Throw out biological. Mm-hmm. Let's okay. talk strictly about social gender roles. 
what traditionally society has demanded a man act like. What macho, in charge, the provider. I mean, you hear all of this. And and why do we continue to do this? Because it's just been done this way all along. And so we just continue. Where it's like the women's the caretaker. You know, she shows emotion. The media for the longest period of time portrayed women as subservient. As if they answered to the man. Mm-hmm. And we have seen in recent decades that women are like nope i do what i want oh i'm not some women are like you know what fuck it i actually don't need a man because i'm not attracted to men it's a whole other discussion but yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're we're kind of mixing up orientation and gender role here but yes yes so so demi lovato has identified as a woman in the past, yes. Up until this point. Up and yeah. And has decided that after self reflection. And and they have even said in the statement, like after a year and a half of like self reflection and you know, all this stuff, they come to realize that's how they identify and they feel like the world needs to know that information. Okay. Again, not to put you on the spot, as I said in previous episodes, you do not speak for an entire community. You speak for yourself. Yes. Having said that, can you explain the journey or the process one might take and why this is so important to them? All right. So for me personally, going back to high school, which was, you know, a long time ago, basically. I realize now as an adult, but back in high school, I felt like I never fit in with the girls. You know, everyone had this stereotype of all the girls, for example, all the girls would just go to the bath. They had to go to a bathroom with a Traveling buddy. in packs. Yes, travel in packs. I never did that. Or the fact that the girls in the locker room for P.E., All they wanted to do was just stand around and chit-chat, where it's like, I go in, I change, I get out. So you felt that you did not identify with the stereotypical gender roles that had been assigned to the 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 particular gender that everybody told you this is where you belong. Yeah, but I also never really fit in with, like, what was stereotypical of, like, the guy. I was like... Again, with gender roles. Yes, with gender roles. I was, again, in the middle. But, you know, that I just never really thought about that in high school. Fast forward years and years and years later, you know, those thoughts kind of started coming back here of like... Where do I fit in? Where do I fit in? And I started to, you know, do some research. And that's when I came across the term non-binary looked into what it meant, which was basically how you don't fit into what society deems as female or male. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like me. But then, you know, I had obviously brought up to you of like, hey, I identify as non-binary. Can you please use they, them pronouns when referring to me? And then told you I changed my name. And I don't want to jump on a soapbox necessarily, but I do not understand 
the issue with referring to a person as they wish to be identified. That is not that is not a problem to me. I think if I made it a problem, that's incredibly selfish on my part and incredibly narcissistic. If a person's name is Nicholas and they wish to be identified as Nick, then I will identify them as such because that is what they have asked me to identify them as. It's just or honestly if I call them shit. Nick and they're like, No, I'm sorry, I prefer to be called Nicholas then I will call them Nicholas. It's just showing people common courtesy and being respectful. We are at a time in the world, I feel, where common courtesy has been thrown out the window because I don't like the way you live. I don't like how you do things. So I'm going to tell you what I think. If you want to call yourself Mr. Palm Tree, then I will call you Mr. Palm. It is not, it does not affect my life whatsoever. That just made me think of a basketball player. They actually changed his legal name to Meta World Peace. But yes, anyway, I know I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Besides the point here. But nonetheless, he changed his name legally to Meta World Peace. Obviously, he wants to be identified as such. So it's not breaking my back to call him that. No. I mean, it's, they people make a big deal about, oh, but any even with trans people. Or anyone under the trans umbrella. Well, I mean, like, if if a person... Basically, uh, anyone who doesn't identify as cisgendered. If a person went by Matt and has now decided to change their name to Anne, I don't care what your gender identity is. Fine. It, it it's, it's a sound. It's a name. It's a word. I don't care. It is not causing me pain to oh. identify you as you wish to be identified. And I do not understand... This, I don't want to call it a tantrum, but everyone's just like, well, we can't believe people are doing this. I'm not going to call them by that. I'm going to call them by what it says on their birth certificate. Interesting, because again, as I've just previously pointed out in my example, if someone's name, if someone's name is Nicholas and it's on their birth certificate as Nicholas and they wish to be called Nick, you have no problem calling them Nick. True. You don't say, but well, alone, it doesn't say Nick on your birth certificate. There's no reason I would do that. Some people who do identify trans, non-binary, Again, anything under cisgendered. Some of them actually do go through this long, tiring, expensive process to get it legally changed. Well, and you have to do everything: birth certificates, driver's birth certificates, licenses, so, yeah, passports. Yeah, you have to get everything changed. It's your government name, so every but legal document. Also, my argument, you know, you and I have had this discussion. I feel like about how when I told you the new name, it took you some time to register that because you were so used to referring to me as the old name the dead name yeah the dead name so it took you some time to get that adjusted and you know sometimes there's slip ups here and there but it's like well I, I, there's a distinct difference between accidentally slipping up and somebody intentionally misgendering yeah that's that's always my argument of like you know because they're doing it out of spite People who accidentally do it and acknowledge that they accidentally do it, I don't have an issue with it. But if you purposely do it because you're just straight up and then we're going to have an issue. Okay, but how do you feel about this issue becoming so politicized? It's it's not. Like, it shouldn't be. Like, let people live how they want to live their life. Well, what I'm saying is, if you're living your life, minding your own business, doing your own thing, I do not understand why other people can't just mind their own business. Exactly. 
I, I it, it's a concept I do not and will not ever understand. If you wish like, to be that's called, that's the thing. It's like if you wish to be called Susie, it is not breaking my back to call you Susie, and no, I don't understand like, why so many people stomp their feet and throw a tantrum about it. It's and let alone it's you know it's, it's such it, a stupid hill to die on. Yeah, I know. Well, as I said, there was an array of reactions. A Boston Morning DJ walked off his radio show because Station Brass told him that he needed to stop making jokes about it. And he's like, I quit or whatever. But then, like, his wife and bosses talked to him. And his wife even said, like, you've been working for 40 plus, you know, four decades. You're not going to quit over Demi Lovato. Well, I was going to say he was back on a show the next morning. It's like, yeah. 24 so, hours later, he's back. He decided to throw his little temper tantrum and mm-hmm. he was back on the air. Candace Owens. If you don't know Candace Owens, she's a prominent conservative commentator. She retweeted some unknown person with a verified check. It feels like anybody can get a verified check these days. Uh, true. Anyway, uh, the tweet in quote says a cool thing about celebrities coming out as non-binary is i don't give a however candace herself decided to make three or four tweets about how she certainly gave a contradicting much well it's typical candace owens she finds many issues to whine about on twitter and that mean that's her shtick it's she's got to find something to complain about otherwise she's not well, I mean, we're kind of doing the same thing, but true. But I mean, that aside, I don't care that she voices her opinion. That's great, good for her. I just think it's kind of contradictory to say you don't give a f- but then continue to give a. F-. It yeah. doesn't make much sense if you truly don't care about the issue. Then why are you tweeting three or four or five times in one day? How do you feel that Demi Lovato, in terms of her prominence and in terms of her celebrity, and how does that affect this issue? Well, I think you can, you might agree with this. Probably, arguably, one of the biggest non-binary celebrities. I did look into it, and the, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, we have Sam Smith. Well, we have. I was going to say, there's not a tally, obviously, yeah. but the other two names that have come out that I've read about is Sam Smith, who also identifies as they, them and Miley Cyrus, who still identifies with uh, she, her pronouns. Well, I was also going to argue Jonathan Van Ness of uh, Netflix original queer. Eye, also identifies as they, them also in the news. Yeah. Martin Bashir uh, lied. Apparently to get his interview with princess Diana back in 1995. Now, Princess Diana was married to Prince Charles at one time. Yes. He is now married to Camilla Parker Bowles, who he had an affair with while he was married to Diana. It was considered a bombshell interview at the time. It was in the mid-90s, as I said, 1995. And uh, really kind of pulled the curtain back as to what is going on behind the scenes in the royal family. Well, it turns out that Martin Bashir, who if you don't know who he is, he is pretty prominent. Uh, or was a pretty prominent reporter for the um, the BBC over in England. He had fake bank statements made up from a graphic designer to show to Princess Diana's brother and stated that the bank statements showed that associates of Princess Diana were being paid to spy on her. 
That was not true. The bank statements were fake. No one was being paid to spy on her. Princess Diana's brother, Earl, was showed these bank statements, and that was used in an effort to arrange an interview with Princess Diana, which was obtained. Uh, the BBC, it's a little bit different than here in America. We have CBS, NBC, ABC uh, would be the three big broadcast mm-hmm. networks, and then you have all the cable networks. None of that is publicly funded. They're all privately owned corporations. In England, the BBC is publicly funded by taxpayer money there. So there's an expectation that if the residents, uh, the citizens of the country are paying for this. It that better th- be f***ing true. Well, it better. They're held to a very high journalistic standard. Yeah, that too. And uh, they have apologized for, quote, clear failings. <laughs> I guess. Bashir has since said that Princess Diana willingly gave the interview. In any event, all the awards that they received for the interview are being taken away. Martin Bashir, this is not his first go around in a controversy. He actually interviewed Michael Jackson back in 2003, in which Michael Jackson discussed how loving it was to share a bed with a child. And the oh yes, I do remember hearing about that one. And the boy who was in that documentary uh, is the one that spurred the criminal trial of Michael Jackson, in, in which he was acquitted in 2005. It is now 2021. And it's just now coming to the surface. I mean, I know how the media works. You get an interview any way you can get an interview, but that's that is true. That's pretty low down and dirty. That yeah, faking with- bank statements saying people are spying on you. Yeah, and knowing that it's publicly funded. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't think they care. Uh, but it's one of those situations where the big people like to look down on the little people as they see us. You know, I just still can't get over the fact that this interview was in 1995, and it took this long. Bef- for the information. <sighs> what else is going on? Ariana Grande got married. What the hell? 27-year-old pop star married Dalton Gomez, a 25-year-old real estate agent. They married in an intimate ceremony in their home in Montecito, California, and they have been dating since January of 2020. It was a, a very secretive, quiet. Okay. Good for her. I mean, honestly, good for her. I don't... Good for her, I guess? I wish her well. Eh. All the best to all the best to her to Ariana Grande. What do you got going on for sports? All right, so Gary Cole, who currently pitches for the New York Yankees, set the strikeout record before issuing the first walk. Here, so he issued his first walk in more than a month back on Monday night. Now. He set the major league record, so we're speaking since 1900, for most consecutive strikeouts with an auto walk, breaking the mark Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers had set just last week. So this record has not been broken once this season. It's been broken twice. So Burns collected 58 strikeouts without a walk to start the season, which is pretty impressive here. So Cole topped that mark when he struck out the side in the bottom of the first inning against the Texas Rangers Monday night in Arlington, then added two more strikeouts later in the game before issuing his first walk since April 12th when Joey Gallo reached with one out in the third inning. So in total, he had 61 strikeouts over a 41 and two-third inning stretch. Without issuing a walk. And that's pretty impressive because 
again, he's a starter, so he's going to maybe six, seven innings a game, and they start once every five days. That's a pretty long stretch here. And that's not the only record that's going on with sports either. No, let alone with New York teams. That's true. So Brino Anescu, who plays for the WNBA New York Liberty, became the youngest player in WNBA history to record a triple-double. And I just learned what a triple-double was last week, I think. Was that the, yeah, when you that talked was about last the last triple-double? Yeah. So that one happened in the Washington, D.C. This one happened uh, at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So anyway, so Sabrina Nescu, again, it's a very young WNBA season. Uh, and, I, and I emphasize, like, very young. Like, they just started, I think, the 14th of this month. 14th, 15th. So within the week of yeah, last within, week or two. This is, like, within the first week of the season here. She became the fastest player to record a triple-double. She had 26 points, 12 assists, and 10 rebounds in the win back on Tuesday night. So we had Garrett Cole Monday, Sabrina on Tuesday. What a week for sports. Again, what a week for more so New York. New York sports. Uh, giving the Liberty their first 3-0 start in 14 years. Also, it was their first triple-double in franchise history. She quoted, or she's been quoted by saying, obviously getting a triple-double any win is important. Super proud of my teammates, my coaching staff for helping me get that. I'm super grateful. It's definitely pretty cool, speaking of getting the first one in franchise history. Big kind of a happening. pretty hot start here for the season. <laughs> you know, so I'm, again, it's still very early on in the WNBA season. But you'll, you, I have faith that you will be watching closely. Oh, yeah, of course. We got the Chicago Sky. <laughs> well, But I'm saying we'll get some updates from you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. we No worries there. No, 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 no. No worries. No worries. We're going to switch from sports to music again. <gasps> music magnitude segment. So today, Olivia Rodrigo's debut album finally dropped, Sour. I called this the best debut pop album since... Lord put out Pure Heroin back in 2013. Yeah, Although Billie good. Eilish's debut album was maybe a contender as well. But I'm saying this one is, is, is the best debut album since Lord's album came out. And highlights from the album. Obviously, Driver's License was a huge hit. Eight weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, good For You is the current single. Love that. Very rock-oriented. And uh, my other highlights that I would like to point out is a song called Brutal, which is the album opener. Really rock. Love it. Very angsty. I also enjoyed the song Hope You're Okay, the closer, which is very emotional, very vulnerable. Uh, I, I don't give out scores because I don't believe music is to necessarily be judged. It's art. It's creativity. But it's an amazing album, and I do recommend it. It's also a very short list, and it's only like 37 minutes. No filler. All album. Oh. So. Nice. A great start to her solo career. Yeah. You have a throwback. As always, I have a throwback. This one is No Rain by Blind 
Melon. Now, this song was released in 1993 off of the band's uh, debut album. It was their second single. All I can think of is lot of people. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to get to. Uh, The music video with the B-Girl character, everyone kind of knows it as like the B-Girl video. Some people argue that no... um, Blind Melon was a one-hit wonder with no rain. So that song was released in 1993. Fast forward to 2011, when you and I graduated, and that was our senior song, which conveniently tomorrow, May 22nd, will officially be 10 full years since we Walked on that stage, got our diplomas, and officially graduated high school. See, that doesn't make sense to me because I'm pretty sure that I'm turning like... No, you're not. No, you're not. I, I know, know where how... you're going. No, you're not. Well, I don't even know how old I am. I just completely <laughs> lost my age. No, you're not. We graduated high school officially 10 years tomorrow. No, I'm turning 20 in a few years. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, well, now that you've completely destroyed my Friday... <laughs> Can I have a few? Try and bring you back in with a feel good story. Yeah, I, w- I would like my feel good Friday story now. Thank okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. So, you, okay. You and I have experienced college. Now, obviously, we didn't graduate from college. Thanks again for knocking <laughs> while I'm down. But, okay. So, you know, college is expensive, right? I mean, sure. I went the community college route, but sure. <laughs> Did you get a scholarship for college? I did, and I did not use it. <laughs> okay. Because I did not know what I was doing. Yeah. All right. So for 30 lucky high school students in the state of Utah, they got awarded from the Utah Jazz life-changing scholarship, college scholarships. It's kind of a new thing the Jazz um, decided to do this year. So basically they said for each win the season – the judge, we're going to pledge, you know, to fund a full, and I emphasize full, four-year scholarship for a Utah high school student from an underrepresented group. That's amazing. So they've done 30 already, and this is going from each preseason game up until um, the regular season victory the team had before the All-Star break. Those scholarships have been given out. And these will include kids who are enrolling as freshmen at one of six universities in the state of Utah this upcoming fall. A hundred percent of them demonstrated a financial need. Ninety percent of them will be first generation college students. That's amazing. Fifty three percent of them are women, forty seven percent are men. You hear the stories of people paying student debt for till years, they die. In a sense till they die. And these, right now, 30 kids don't have to worry about that. And again, 90% of them are first-generation college students. So it's like, that's even a bigger deal to them. So congrats to those kids. I wish them all the best in their journey in college. That is a feel-good Friday. It is a feel-good Friday. That concludes our feel-good Friday. Yeah, and it concludes this week's episode. We'll be around to chatter until next week. With more stories and music and sports and just whatever. Whatever we want to whine about. <laughs> in a sense, yes. And hopefully no annoying vehicles in the background. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening. Hmm. 
I'm Jordan. I'm E. We'll catch you next week. We will. Bye.